We are about to hear a powerful message as we kick off our brand new series, Yes, You Can, Because He Did, where we are going to look and see how we can have hope, peace, joy, and victory because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But before we do, if you are new to Oasis, we would love to connect with you and your family. So in the link provided below, please fill out this connect form where we can connect to you and your family. At Oasis, we are so thankful for this opportunity of an online church. And we know that God is doing and is going to continue to do an awesome work through Oasis Online. And we want you to be a part of it. We want you to share and ask your friends and invite them to watch us online through our website, oasislv.church, through our YouTube channel and our Facebook Live. Let's not waste this incredible opportunity to share him. So right now, please join Pastor Aaron as he kicks off his brand new series, Yes, You Can, Because He Did. Well, I just want to welcome you to Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for joining us right where you're at online. My name is Aaron Flanagan, and I'm fortunate to be the pastor here, and I just, I'm excited for the day that we have. I'm excited that we get to celebrate the resurrection uh, of our, our Savior, and, and I can't help but really look back over the last several weeks and all that has taken place up to this point, the rescue plan that God has put into motion, giving you and I access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that we might be able to live and have this hope and joy and peace, that we could live a life of, of contentment, that we can live a life of abundance because of who Jesus Christ is, but not only that, but what he did to give us an opportunity to know him in an intimate manner. The rescue series started with the simple thought, if you've been with us for the last several weeks, uh, if not, I'll, I'll share this with you. In order to be rescued, we have to see and experience and understand the need. I have to get to a place that I know that I need to be rescued. I need to be saved. Uh, I, I joked about this several weeks ago when you're walking down the street or wherever it is and you trip and you fall. It, it would be ideal if somebody came in before you fell to save the day. See, it's typical that we would get to that place where we have already fallen before we realize that we need to be saved or we need to be rescued. Uh, our finances have already gone too far into the deep end before we realize we have gone too far. Oftentimes, it's just too late. But it would be amazing if somebody would have beforehand stopped us and said, hey, hey, uh, this is about to happen and you're going to need help. You, you need to be rescued. You need to be saved. See, the last four weeks we have looked at pieces of the plan that God has put into motion up to really where we were last week and where we pick up today was Jesus Christ coming to a place where, where he would go to a cross where he would put himself on a cross and he would die upon that cross and he would give up the ghost. And if you were with us last week, the, the veil was torn from the top down and it gave you and I access to God the Father. And it's been my prayer that as we have gone through this series of rescue, that we would truly see a spiritual need that we have to be rescued before it's too late. See, it's one thing for me to fall down because I can get back up. 
It's another thing to, to have our finances go out of, out of whack and not be sure of where we're at financially because usually we can, we can work hard and we can correct some of those things. But spiritually speaking, when we are at a place and we never realize that we need to be rescued, we come to the end of the life and it's, it's too late because we will forever be eternally separated from God. Today we come to the close of that series, Rescue, and the start of a brand new series. I've never done this before, but we are literally closing out the Rescue series and kicking off the Yes You Can series today. We close out Rescue in that this, the ultimate rescue actually took place, not just in that Jesus died, but in that Jesus resurrected, that Jesus rose from the grave. For if Jesus had never rose from the grave... You and I would be here today and it would be just like he was another leader. He was another king. He was another great man that walked the face of the earth, but is now in a tomb. But because Jesus Christ is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that he is no longer there. And because of that, the the series that we kick off today is this. Yes, you can because he did. Yes, you can because he did. You might go, well, Yes, I can what? See, the question I get so often in counseling and in so often in talking to people wherever it is that I'm at, and people ask questions of purpose. People ask questions of, of hope. People are doing things and acting in certain ways because they don't necessarily feel that there is a purpose. They don't feel that there is hope, and they're unsure of what that looks like. And The reality is, yes, I can live with hope. Yes, I can live with purpose and I can live with peace in my life and I can live with joy in the midst of every circumstance because when Jesus Christ comes in and saves us because of that resurrection, that's an internal thing. And I can experience that. So we come to the place today, Jesus has been bloodied. He's been beaten. He's been bruised to a place that it spoke of in Scripture that he was unrecognizable and he was hanging on a tree. This Jesus at this time was in a place sitting between two thieves and he had died by now. And those that were looking up I would put it this way. It went from crucify him, crucify him, crucify him to where we see it now. There was no mocking of Jesus at this point. There was nobody that was making fun of who he was. Because when all of the, uh, when everything went dark, when the rocks cried out and all of these things took place, fear came upon the people. There was only one maybe that would have been joyful. If you follow the passage scripture in Luke chapter 23, it says this. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. But as you continue to read this passage scripture, it says, and all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. See, no one thought it was cute and funny any longer. No one was standing down to the side and just making fun of Jesus upon the cross. There was nobody that was doing that. As a matter of fact, it was a lot of fear. It was a lot of uncertainty. Those that followed him the most and the closest were a little bit concerned because their their friend, the Savior, Jesus, 
was now dead. Now what? What is about to take place? They began to realize, I believe, at this point that they themselves needed a rescue. Matthew 27, verses 57 through 58 say this, When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And so, 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 so Joseph comes and he says, hey, hey, Pilate, would you let us take down Jesus so that we can give him a proper burial, so that we can treat him the way that he needs to be treated to the best of our ability at this time? In John chapter 19, it says this, the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For that Sabbath day was an high day. Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And it says, and forthwith, came thereout blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith truly, or true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. The man who was doing this, the people that were looking at Jesus, most of them knew exactly what was taking place. And for some of them, they did those things when they realized that the legs were not broken. When they realized the piercing into the side, it became to click into their mind. Oh, this is what God's word says was going to happen. So they take the body and Joseph would wrap this body in a clean linen. They would take it and lay him in his own tomb and it says in Matthew 27 and verse 61, And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. They were over on the other side. And they were watching and they were experiencing and they were, I'd imagine they were mourning. They were unsure of what was taking place, but they, they got a very clear picture of where Jesus was, of how Jesus was laid in his tomb and in Luke 23, it says that they went to prepare those spices. See, this is the. There's a lot of emotion that comes with losing a loved one, and I can't imagine anything but but these ladies were there. They were sitting on the other side and they were just kind of kneeling down and they were looking out at what Jesus was doing. And they they kind of left and walked away and began to. They returned to prepare these spices, these ointments. You see, they were hurt. They were broken. They were confused and lost. I would say that's right where so many people are at a time like this. So many people in a place of un uncertainty, we become confused, we are, we are hurting, we are, we are broken. And, and as we'll look at today, all of those things have to happen in order for us to be rescued, in order for us to see a need that, that we need to be rescued. As we kind of switch, flip the switch a little bit here this morning, I, 
and get into this, this, these thoughts. I, I get excited about some of these things. In Scripture, it gives us so many things in Scripture that we should be excited about. One of them is this. I, I, as a child, I remember uh, writing down in my ball cap when I would play baseball. Inside of it, it would say Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Another one of those passages of Scripture, John 10 and verse number 10. The thief, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And here's what it says. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it. What does it say? More abundantly. Man, that's awesome. So many people quote those scriptures that we should live life in abundance. In Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. First John 5 and verse 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. See, so many times we quote scripture like this and, and we ought to. We ought to claim it. We ought to, we ought to be proud and excited that these are the things that God has said. But, but, let us not forget, and we'll see this. There has to be the hardship of that. See, Jesus had to go to the cross in order for that abundant life. In order for those things to happen. I am come that they might have life more than conquerors through him that love us overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. See, Jesus had to leave in order for these things to take place. I would say it this way. He had to die for me to have some of those things. But then it's not just that he had to die. I had to die myself. I had to say no to me and yes to God. We have to die ourselves. Yes, God, I need you. I need a rescuer. I need salvation. Yes, I have to get to a place where I am broken, where I would fall before an almighty God and say, I need you. See, It is my prayer this morning that wherever you watch this, that wherever you are listening to this sermon, that you would just cry out to God, God, I'm seeking you. God, would you, would you allow me to hear? Would you allow me to understand? Would you allow me to see? God, would you speak to me? John 14 and verse 12 says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. But I want you to, Look at that last phrase, because I go to the Father. So much of this whole series is really wrapped around that simple thought. You can do greater works. Yes, you can have hope, have peace, have joy, have an abundant life. Why? Because he went to the Father. His desire is that you would do those things, but he had to go. But we have to die to ourselves, but there's those steps that we must take. This morning again, my prayer is that you would seek the face of God, that you would ask him to speak to you, and that we would begin to understand, yes, we can, but there is a cost to all of these things. If you would go with me to Luke chapter 24 this morning, we're going to start right in verse number one, and we're going to bounce through some of the Gospels, but we're going to base much of this out of Luke chapter 24 this morning. So Luke chapter 24, verses number one 
through 12. And it says this, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Father God, this morning, I pray that you would reach into the heart of each and every man, woman, and child that might hear this sermon this morning, today. God, that you would be glorified. Lord, I can't help but think of people that would watch this that do not know you as Savior. And God, it's not because of the words that I speak, but because of your word that would tug and pierce upon their heart. God, would you speak to people this morning? God, would we not be able to sit back in our couch the same? Would we not be able to walk and go to work the same? Because God, we, are, we have been convicted by your spirit. Father, I pray that you would use your words, your Word to, to move mountains today. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. As we come into this passage of Scripture, just three very simple thoughts this morning. Yes, you can, because He is not here, but is risen. It says in Luke 24 and verse number 6, it says, He is not here, but is risen Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. If we look at that passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 28, it says something very, very similar in 28 and verse number six. I don't believe it's on the screen, but it, it says this in 28 and verse number six. He is not here for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. See, the, the ladies had seen where they buried Jesus. They, they got up early. They, 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 they went walking while the sun was just barely breaking through. I guess we could look at this in so many different ways. And, and I, I wonder sometimes when I read scripture, did they, were they talking to each other? Did they walk silently? Was it a slow walk? Was it a brisk walk? Was it almost a jog? Were they, were they anticipating getting there? Or were they still just mourning and hurting and it was, it was hard for them to talk? Or maybe they shared stories. We don't know. 
But we know this, they went with spices and all that they had prepared to give that final preparation for Jesus. We know that they were not planning on seeing Jesus gone from that tomb. They were anticipating a body inside. But as they come to, the stone was gone due to an earthquake. We would see that in Matthew chapter 28 there at the beginning and the end of the Sabbath. It was uh, in verse number two. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. We know these things to be true according to scripture, but the stone was gone, rolled away. There were no guards standing nearby. And so uh, they came to and they they begin to just kind of peek their head in. I can imagine there was fear. There was uncertainty. With fear and concern that Jesus was gone, they found the angels standing one at the head and, and the other at the feet. He says, he is not here. For he is risen. Do you not remember that the Son of Man must be delivered? It says in verse number seven. Do you not remember the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day risen again? Do you, do you not remember those things? I can imagine at some point a light bulb is going off. Oh my. Jesus would tell us about this, these things. Jesus was speaking for, for days and weeks and months and in his entire ministry of the preparation of what was about to take place at the end, but they never understood it. As opposed, they were going. And he says in verse number five, why are you seeking the living among the dead. John chapter 11, verse 25 says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Listen, this morning, you can, yes, you can. You can have hope and joy and peace. You can triumph over sin in your life. You can live a life of great abundance. Why? Because he is no longer in that grave. Let us not seek the living among the dead. I would ask you today, as I've had to look into my own life, what am I seeking? What am I seeking? Am I seeking out the things that are of this earth, of this world? Those are the things that I'm seeking. Those are dead things that offer nothing. They offer me nothing. They offer me a temporary hope and a temporary peace. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Those ladies, when they got there, they had forgotten. They, they, they didn't put together that Jesus said, all of those things. Did you not remember that I have to go? Did you not remember these things? I ask you today, what are you seeking? I ask you today this question. Do you believe that you can See, because so often I think that we believe that we can. Yes, I can. Aaron can fix it. Aaron can do these things. Aaron can. Aaron, 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 Aaron. I, I, I. And God says, no, 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 no. It is because I lived a perfect sinless life. I carried that sin. I died. I rose again, offering that hope and that peace and that salvation. 
Because he is not here, for he is risen. Romans chapter 6 and verse 9 and 10. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11 continues on with that, and I don't believe it's on the screen, but it says, Be dead to sin and alive to God. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death. Death is what we have earned. It is our consequence. And to break that sin in faith and trust in Him is to break that curse of death. Therefore, as Christ died for the sin of man, And in your faith in him, you died with him and you now live unto God. You can because he is risen. You can because he did. I ask you today, are you seeking the things that bring you hope that are among the dead? They came seeking a dead body in the tomb. He was no longer there for he had risen. Are you seeking joy? Are you seeking contentment in the things of this dead world through finances and work and sports and different substances and abuses of addictions and lust? Are you, are, are you looking for fulfillment in your friendships and your family right here? I plead with you not to seek life and fulfillment in and among the dead. Rather, seek the one who is not among the dead because he is No longer here, for he is risen. I say to you this morning, yes, you can. Because he is not here, but he is risen. Believer, I would ask you this, or have you reached back? You say, I know Jesus as Savior, but have you reached back? Is your joy and hope and fulfillment in Jesus Christ? Or is it in you and the things that you have allowed yourself to be surrounded by? Let us stop and look forward to Jesus, the author and finisher of that faith. And say, yes, I can live a life of hope. Why? Because he did. Because he is risen. For he is not here. Second thought this morning. Yes, you can. Because your eyes can be opened to know him. Your eyes can be open to know him. So many are seeking life among the dead because they know no better. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 8, we looked at this last week. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Why? For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord. Had their eyes been completely open to understand who he was on the cross. Again, they didn't realize any of those things until when? He gave up the ghost and he had died and darkness hit and an earthquake took place. The veil was torn. They all began to look and then they all looked at each other. They smote their breast and they they ran back. They left because there was a realization. There was something about that man. The centurion said, truly, this is the son of God. There's so many times in scripture where our, our eyes have been blinded. We've been hardened to the things of the Lord. We think of Pharaoh and the plagues. Or maybe it's Jesus' teaching as he would speak to speak of different things that have yet to come and they fully didn't understand it. I think of where we are today. For years and years and years and years and really thousands of years, people have taught and people have preached and said, What? He's coming. 
We're in the end days. We're, we need to be ready and prepared because he is coming. Now is the day. Listen, I would say it this. There's, there's a lot of weird things going on right now that would point to Jesus coming, but we fully don't know because we just don't know. We can't see every little thing. We can read scripture. We can study. But just like these folks, the plan that was taking place, their eyes hadn't fully been opened. And as we look in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 31, we're not going to read every one of those passages or every one of those verses, but Jesus jumps into a mix. Uh, it, there's a conversation taking place. There's, uh, it says in verse 13, behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. These guys are walking. We know that there was others with them, but they mentioned these two. And Jesus comes into the conversation. The disciples are walking back home. They were having the conversation of all the things that was going on. Of all of the things. What are those things? The things that have just recently taken place. Just think about that last couple days in their life. It went from having a dinner for some of them to Jesus being on a cross. It went from praying in a garden to Jesus being arrested. It went from uh, just having everyday conversations, Jesus teaching, Jesus washing their feet. Now all of a sudden, this same Jesus who's washing their feet is now being beaten. They don't even recognize who he is. We see all of these things and they're having that conversation of these things. But yet their eyes did not recognize or know that he had begun to come into that conversation. In verse 19, through this passage of scripture, it says, and he said unto them, what things? This is Jesus. And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But he trusted that it had been uh, he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said, this is Jesus, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? I love this, the thought that he, he kind of goes back and he says, hey, shouldn't you know this according to the scriptures? Do you not remember the prophets and the teaching before Jesus would then stay with them as they would, they're coming closer to the house and Jesus has, was talking of all of those things. They're, they're coming closer to the house and it seems as if Jesus was going to keep on going on, but rather Jesus stops and Jesus, uh, they say, hey, would you come and eat with us? Would you, would you enjoy the evening? It's getting late. And we see that it comes down and Jesus would stay with them for dinner and in verse number 30, it says, and it came to pass as he sat at meat, as he sat with dinner with them, he took bread, he blessed it and break it and gave to them. And it says this, and their eyes were opened 
and they knew him. Their eyes were open and they knew him. And just like that, and he vanished out of their sight. I say today that just as these guys had to have certain things happen in their lives, and though they believed, they walked and they talked with him. In this moment, Jesus kind of silently hung out with them until it was the right time that he opened their eyes. Today I say to you, our eyes must be open in order for that burning to take place. And we then get up and do what this passage says, that they got up and they, they left, they, they ran back and they told the others. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18 says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I say to you today, yes, you can. And as your eyes are open to him, you will begin to see the hope that there was when there was no hope. Listen, some of you are sitting here going, but, but Pastor Aaron, you don't understand all that has happened in my life. You don't understand this circumstance and that circumstance and you don't understand the hurt and you don't understand the pain. And I would say, I may not understand it, but you had to go through the hurt so that you would get down upon your knees and you would say, oh, but God, I need you. God, I, I need you. Had Jesus never went through, what did Jesus say himself? He said, Father... Would you take this? Would you allow this cup to pass for me? But nevertheless, my will, but thine be done. He had to go through the pain. He had to go through the hurt. And though I wish I could carry that pain for you, I, I wish that I could stop my children from ever getting hurt. I wish I could make it so that they would never see pain in their life. They're going to have to go through some of those things to stop and say, oh, but God. See, it was every moment of pain in my life that's made me rely further on him that I had to go through. And I would say to you today, you may look at it as a hopeless situation, but I plead with you. I plead with you. I plead with you. Would you turn to God and say, God, I don't understand this, but God, I want to see it. I want to have joy. I want to have hope. I want to I want to have this because I feel hopeless. I don't understand it. But I understand from what I've been told, I, I can see some of this. God, yes, I can what? God, I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. Father, I want to reach out to you. God, would you, would you show me so that I can see that I can because you did. Sometimes God takes the most horrible of circumstances that we would stop right where we're at to say, God, I don't know why. But, but I, I want to listen today. I want to hear. I want to see you. For our eyes to be open. Listen, there's so many things in my life that I've walked through. And in the midst of them, I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. Until God allowed me to see it. There's been times over the last 15, 20 years of ministry that I've read scriptures and I've not fully grasped it until that moment 
I remember sitting down with several pastors uh, over the course of the last many years of my life and I would say, hey, I've got this question or I have this question and they would walk me through it and they would tell me all of the answers and they would help me and I would go, oh, that's awesome and I would write down the notes and I would leave and a year or two years later, I would reach out to them and I would say, hey, I know we had this conversation a long time ago, but it's just now clicking because my eyes have just now seen what you're talking about. And you haven't understood the pain and the hurt. But God's opening your eyes to say, oh God, it's not just this circumstance. It's that this circumstance is showing me how much I need you. And you have to rescue me. God, would you open my eyes that I can see, what does it say? And know him. That I could see, their eyes were open, that they would know him. Yes, you can because he is not here but is risen. Yes, you can because your eyes can be opened up to know him. And yes, you can. Lastly, this morning, you because you believe. In John chapter 20, in verse 31, it says just that same thing. In John 20, in verse 31, it says what? But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. I pray that God is opening your eyes this morning and daily from his word, drawing people and drawing you to himself. That you would believe in John 19, 35, it says it the same, that ye might believe. In John 20 and 31, that ye might believe. God's plan all along was doing these things so that you and I would believe. In John, we see one of the, the 12 who simply did not believe. He was doubting. We know him as doubting Thomas. He wasn't with them when they saw him, and therefore he doubted. In John 20 and verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, it says Thomas was then with them. Jesus came in, Jesus shut the door, stood in the midst, and he looked at Thomas and he says, reach in, touch, behold my hands, reach into my side and believe. Verse 31 says, but these things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name this morning Yes, you can, because and only because he did. You can have your eyes open. You can believe because he is alive and is risen. Some of you might be doubting that exact same thing. I would, I would implore you. I would encourage you. I would beg you. Would you just cry out to God? God <coughs> excuse me. God, I don't understand, but God, I want to believe. God, I want to see, I want to, I want to hear. I want to believe. I want to believe. I just implore you today, you can. Because Jesus did. I would say wherever you might be, 
Would you believe? Would you cry out? Jesus said unto Thomas in verse number 21 or 29, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Today, in hearing and reading the word of God, would you seek his face? Everything that took place was so that we would believe. Everything that took place was so that people would believe. Jesus' life upon earth was always and constantly pointing people directly to his Father. They would believe. He did not come to be served. Rather, he came to serve. He did not come to live this posh life. Rather, he came to point people to a Savior. He did not come to deal and to live amongst those that were wealthy. He did not come to deal and live amongst those who had all of the abundance of things. He came and he healed the sick and he healed the lame. He raised the dead from the, uh, from the raised people from the dead. He reached down and he spat upon mud and he put it upon a blind man's eyes. Why? That you and I might believe. That others might believe. He hung upon a cross and did not call out the angels. He went into a grave, not for anything other than that you and I would believe. And I cry out to you today, would you believe? Would you believe the things that are happening in your life are to point you to him that you would say, oh, I need a savior. I need a savior. Listen this morning. I am crying out. I have prayed this week as Elijah prayed in 2 Kings chapter 6. Lord, open their eyes that they might see. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And in 1 John 4 and verse 12, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He, that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. God loved us so much that His desire was to put a plan together that He would go to the cross for my sin, for your sin. My sin in Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. What I earn because of my sin is death. Isaiah 59 and 2, Your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you. My sin separates me from God. But because he died upon a cross, because he said, Aaron, I love you. I'm making a way for you. I plead with you today. Would you seek out the rescuer in your life for salvation? Would you cry out and say, God, God, I need you. I realize that I have sinned and I have fallen short. And because of that, the wage of my sin is death. But God, your word says the gift of God is eternal life. And God, I, I plead with you. Can I have that eternal life? 
The word of God, the Bible says in Romans that if we would confess with our mouth, if we would believe with our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I'm asking you today, would you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and be saved? Maybe today, right where you are, Maybe you're driving and listening. Maybe you are sitting in your living room, wherever you might be. I would ask you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you do not, would you, would you say something simple to the Lord and say, God, I, I know that I have failed you. I know that I have sinned. I know that I have done wrong. And, and God, I, more than just saying that I believe that there's a God up there, I believe that you are the God that came to give us life, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Would you come in? Today, I am asking that I would step off the throne of my life for you to sit and be the the Lord, the King of my life. Because I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. Would you do that today? Maybe this morning you are sitting wherever it is that you're sitting, where you're driving, wherever you're listening to this, and you would say, I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe. I know that my eyes have been opened. I know that he is risen. But I'm not walking the way that I need to walk. Would you turn back to him today? There is no better time than today. To turn to him for salvation or to turn back to him. Say, God, I desire that you would be the Lord of my life. Father, I come to you today. I truly just plead. I'm begging you, God. That wherever people might hear this. Their lives might be impacted because of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That they would come to a relationship with you. And Father, that those that know you, they may come back to you. Maybe they still serve in their churches. Maybe they still serve right here. God, maybe they've wayward a little bit in other areas of their life. God, would you draw them back to yourself? Father, for those that have never called upon your name, may today be the day their salvation. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that you are not there for you have risen as you said. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Wherever you might be this morning, if you have made a decision, if you have said yes to the Lord, can I just ask you today, would you allow us to celebrate with you Would you allow us to be in communication with you? And would you fill out one of those connect cards? And just in that spot, it says, I have placed faith and trust in Christ. Would you let us know that so that we could reach out and communicate? All our prayer is, is this, that we can come alongside of you and help you better understand what that means in your life. And lastly, this morning, as we close out uh, right after this, Uh, We have done a couple other songs and we would love for you just to stick around and and listen to those songs. Worship with us today as you go forward with an incredible Resurrection Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us right here at OasisLV.Church. And I pray that it's an encouragement to you today. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. And we pray that the service has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Oasis is supported by the gifts of faithful people like you. And we would desire for you to give and support to the mission and ministry of Oasis. You can text this number below or click on the give link or mail in your gift to the church office. It is also our desire to pray for you and with your family. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to pray for, you can email us at prayer at oasislv.church. Church, we have been encouraged to live a life of victory because of the hope we have been given by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would engage by inviting others to hear more about this hope that we have in him. Again, thank you so much for joining us and for this incredible service. Now, Oasis, let us go out and be passionate followers of Christ.